beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Andrew Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Sarah, who is living abroad in Fiji. Now, Sarah describes how and why she left the UK to go to Fiji, how she has dealt with family tragedies while living abroad. She also talks about her successful blog and podcast called What Sarah Read Next, where she reads and reviews books and then interviews the authors of the books, which is pretty cool. And finally, she talks about what she has learned in her 11 years of living abroad. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Sarah, welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. And Sarah, please tell our listeners what day and what time it is over there in Fiji. <laughs> um, it is Wednesday afternoon. Um, it's just gone two o'clock. Uh-huh. Um, you're in Fiji. The sun's shining. Um, we are in the middle of a lockdown. Uh, my son's hiding away in his room because I've told him to because um, <laughs> I'm talking to you for the next 45 minutes to an hour um, and that's and that's and that's how life is right now awesome awesome and it's Tuesday evening here in Costa Rica and COVID is, is also you know a third wave a third wave is current uh currently here in uh costa rica but anyways off to the positive oh. stuff <laughs> yes, so let's exactly. get right started sarah please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself about myself well i'm sarah um most people call me sarah g um i'm also known as what sarah read next um on instagram i've got a popular book reviewing page um where i read books I review them, and I also um, interview lots of very cool authors. Oh, um, and so I've I've just turned forty, um, and luckily birthday. I was able to celebrate. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I say just it was <laughs> it was in January, but um, at the moment with lockdown and everything, sort of days and months tend to sort of like you know floss into each other. Right. Anyway, I'm digressing. So yeah, so I was able to celebrate my 40th at the beginning of the year, which I'm so grateful for. Because um, had it been in this month, I wouldn't have been able to have my 40th. So right, right. Um, yeah, it was a great. 40th with like lots of friends here unfortunately um again just to lockdown and etc um we couldn't have i couldn't have my friends and family come over from england mm. um so but we had a we had a riot um, so <laughs> i'm sarah i am originally from uganda uh i was born there and my parents moved to england when i was one and a half so i pretty much grew up in london um, and now I'm living in Fiji. This is my 11th year living in Fiji. Wow. All right. So that's that's pretty dope. So you said a lot there. So uh, we'll get to the 11 years because I don't think I've ever interviewed someone that's lived uh, more than five years at a, at a, at a, at a at some, somewhere abroad. So that's really cool. I'm glad you're able to come on. So uh, UK, sure. right? Very popular. London, very popular city. Everyone, I'm, I'm doing a master's program out of London right now, King's College. Oh, um, nice. So tell me, you know, what do, you, what do you think is like, what do you want people to know about London that they you think they don't know already? That's, an, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, well, apart from it being possibly one of the most coolest cities in the world, I know you're from New York originally. Um, and New York is also very cool. I've been before. Um, 
London is one of those cities, and I guess similar to New York, where any given day, rain or shine, you can basically just sort of walk out of your building and just walk. It's one of those sort of cities, a bit like Rome. It's kind of like a museum where you sort of can just walk around and one minute you're sort of walking down the South Bank, which is one of my favourite places to walk in London, um, where you've got the London Big Eye, you've got the River Thames, um, you've got Big Ben, and uh, you've just got lots of amazing restaurants and bars. There's lots of live acts going on on the street. It's hustle and bustle. Then you can kind of turn left um, or right, depending on which direction <laughs> you're going into. And then suddenly you're in the hustle bustle of, of, of like the city. So you've got Soho, you've got, you know, Piccadilly Circus and all sorts of, of mayhem and amazingness. And so shopping and bars and the West End and the theatre... Um, and then you can basically hop on a bus or the tube and then you can be somewhere completely different, right. um, like Primrose Hill, or you can go south where I grew up, um, so I'm being really biased and suddenly you're in <laughs> sort of like Brixton. So there's so much, there's one of those cities, and I guess right. similar to New York, right, where right, there's right. always just something to do, right? Right, right. I just love this, I mean, I could just tell this fondness that you have for, for, for London and for the UK, and I, and I can relate to that, again, for me from a big city, and I like talking to people that are from big cities, because... When you talk yeah. to people that are not from a big, I think we could come across as kind of pretentious. <laughs> when we when we de- yeah. when we describe, oh my god, New York is the best. You know, London is the great. You know, well, so absolutely <laughs> right. Well, when you just asked me, you know, what could you possibly say about London? That right. Know, and my initial reaction was to be like, well, it's it's easily the best city in the world. <laughs> right, um, right. But then I'm talking to a New Yorker, so I'm like, well, I can't really go there like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so let's so now let, let's stay in London a little bit, right? So what were you okay. doing like right before, like in the year, uh, in the year that you left to Fiji? What were you doing? What were you doing in the UK? I was working for a very cool um, charity called Waterfield UK um, on the events team. So we were basically tasked with organising lots of very cool fundraising gigs and um, lots of big names. You've heard of Coldplay. I love Coldplay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Keen. So we're organising these massive big events um, in line with companies like the Brit Awards. So every year we would have, we would be sort of affiliated. And so before the big concert, we would have a, sort of a mini Warchard Brit concert, Brit Awards concert, where we'd have these big names sort of perform. So it was, it was, it was fun, but obviously in the run-up, it's not so much fun because actually there's a lot of work that goes <laughs> right. on behind the uh, behind um, the scenes. Mm. So I was doing that. Uh, my background is international development. I studied it as an undergrad, and I also studied it for my masters in London. So I was at Durham University to start off. And then I finished off at SOAS, the School of Oriental and African Studies. So I was doing that and then got into War Child. I was also doing a bit of work with a social enterprise called Unlimited, where we basically funded people that wanted to set up their own sort of social enterprises. And so Mm. they could apply for money, so like a seed funding for up to £5,000 to kind of kickstart their project idea and then they could go up to sort of 20,000 pounds. Sorry, I've not Mm. dealt with pounds for a while since I've been here for a while. So it's just that I say the words pounds is like a twirling around my tongue. Anyway, I digress. So I was doing that. So I was doing lots of really cool, cool work. 
Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. And what, so in between that time where you're doing this amazing work, you know, working for a charity, at what point did this, did this opportunity or this thought come into your mind of Fiji? Right. I, I met someone, I met a very good looking uh, Australian <laughs> guy um, with beautiful eyes who had just, uh, I just, yeah, I met him through friends. There was a house party at my house. And he had just applied for this gig um, through the ODI, the Overseas Development Institute, for anyone listening in, Mm -hmm. sort of like inquisitive about that. And he actually thought he was going to Mozambique. So when we we met, um, obviously, yeah, we, we met and he was talking about this overseas thing that he basically applied for. And we obviously sort of, stayed in touch and we got together and while we were together he he got offered this this gig and with ODI um and he thought it was going to Mozambique and actually he got Fiji so but before he sort of got the Fiji Mozambique thing he'd already sort of asked me whether or not I would be I'd be keen to go abroad with him and I was in that frame of mind you know I I studied development and you know Mm -hmm. as much fun I was having sort of in London and doing sort of on the ground things, the thought of kind of going abroad to actually do, you know, to do work abroad and mm-hmm. massively appeals. And so then mm-hmm. here I have someone who's kind of like-minded and has right. the same sort of ideas of what I want to. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> so, so that, so that was that. So, so Mozambique tended to Fiji and that's how, that's how we got to Fiji. Wow. And, and so, that's, I mean, I love that you said that. It's like, you know, when you find someone that's like-minded as yourself and this, you know, you kind of, you go with the flow of life and you get to find someone that's, you know, that's, that is like you in that kind of way, that wants to do things abroad, wants to, you know, do these kinds of jobs and cool stuff that you're into. So, but did you have any, any doubts whatsoever? Did you have any doubts when you already decided that you were going to go with him where, where regardless where it was going to go, where it was going to be? Do you have any doubts? I had, no, I was like, bring it. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Um, and, you know, it was so funny because the night I met him, I'd actually just had lunch with some girlfriends in Hampstead in London. And I just come out of a really awful sort of short-term relationship. And I was not really looking to finding anyone. So, you know, when they call, like, talk about sort of sliding doors kind of fate happening. Right, that right. That night, I was definitely not looking for a relationship. I was definitely looking for an out of getting out of London. <laughs> And then I basically got two things in that night. So that right. was brilliant. Wow. And I had no doubts. Um, my friends and family obviously had lots of doubts because I'd only been with him for six weeks. And then... Oh, wow. You know, okay, that's really quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really quick. But I, I had no doubts. I'm like, you know, what what, what comes goes. And so and I always had to, in the back of my mind, you know, if it didn't work out, then it doesn't work out. You just sort of you know, then you come back to London or right. whatever. Or you stay in Fiji. Um, or you stay in Fiji and it'd be really awkward because you kind of arrived with this guy. Um, but yeah, I was just like, no, let's let's do it. Why not? Let's just give it a go. And I think I think more people should have that. I mean, I know there's obviously fear factor, what if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, well, if, if it's just bugger it. Life's too short, right? Right, 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 right. No, I, I think you definitely need to have... I think, right, it, it varies from person to person and people that are living abroad, but you definitely have to have that kind of go-getter, a little bit of that in in your mentality of like, I got to try this. Like, if I want to try this, I yeah. got to I gotta do it to see what it's about. And you said anything, anything could go wrong anywhere, whether you're home or abroad. So um, you got to go for it. So I, I like that you said that. All right. So now you're, you're yeah. in, you're in Fiji, right? Your, your We're first, in Fiji. your first year there in Fiji. 
What did you know about Fiji to begin with? I know nothing about Fiji. It's not. Let me let me just start off by saying this. Whenever I hear the word Fiji, I think of this like yeah. mythical place like Timbuktu. Like I I don't know anyone that's ever been to Fiji. <laughs> it sounds yeah. so far away and so tiny. And so what what did you know about Fiji before you went? Well, so when so when uh, when I when we got Fiji, um, my initial reaction was like, what Fiji? <laughs> What what has Fiji got to do with international development? <laughs> I'm thinking cocktails, right. on the beach, hammock, you know, like tropical beach, swimming, snorkeling, hot <laughs> women and hot men. I have no like this is just gonna be a bit of a joke, right? Um, so, but actually, you know, when you start to when you arrive here, um, and the way I arrived here which was basically in the middle of a cyclone, and you start to scratch away at the surfaces, there's actually, there is a lot of, there is a lot of poverty, and there's a lot that people don't see past the postcards and the bula bula kind mm. of advertisements that go with the tourism that come with Fiji. Yes, tourism is one of its biggest exports, mm. but obviously not now right. um, with COVID, and obviously we'll come on to that a bit later mm. on in our conversation. But I arrived here, um, Angel, and it was like in the middle of a cyclone. It was literally absolute pandemonium. I mean, you know, come mm. cyclone season, wow. um, Fiji has had some horrific cyclones rip through the country. I mean, you've had people lose homes. Um, you've had people lose lives. Mm. Um, you've had people lose their livelihoods. Um, it's got a very, very sort of low literacy rate. Um, you know, while tourism is one of its biggest exports right now, it's there's massive fear because the, the tourism industry has been absolutely decimated by closed borders. Mm. And now we've got COVID, kind of COVID sort of ripping through the, the, the country. Right. Who knows when these borders might be open and again? And who knows when we might be opening, like we might be open to having tourists. So it's just really, really scary. And the fact that we've had this lockdown and we don't know when we might be sort of fully back to normal. You've got people that had living, working in the tourism sector. You've got, you know, your casual workers. So I, you know, I fess up. I rely on having a nanny. You know, mm. I'm a single mum. A lot of us rely on having sort of extra help because we work full time. Right. A lot of us rely on, yeah, there's a lot of people that just rely on sort of work that kind of right. is now right. completely come to a standstill, you know? And, and so it's very, very sort of scary times. Um, Sorry, you were going to ask something. No, yeah, no, I think, no, you you said a lot of, you know, really serious stuff. And I think your perspective, right? Like, Because I, I, I started asking the question you're, when you arrived there, right? And now you're jumping to the yeah. present. And I think it's 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 a good reminder for anyone that's living abroad, anyone listening that's thinking about living abroad, is that you're right. Where you go is not just a postcard, right? Like Fiji, I'm sure, no. is extremely beautiful. Costa Rica is also it very is. beautiful. And people yeah. have this image of, you know, this, you know, Pura Vida, Costa Rica and all those other things. And it is that. Yeah. But there's also a lot of other things, you know, <laughs> like you said, poverty. people, And especially because yeah. of the pandemic. And you said because the main export being tourism, there's a lot of people that are suffering. And like you said, exactly. I'm in a very privileged situation because I still have my job. I have a May that comes every couple of weeks, you know. So I, I, I try to be very aware of the fact that I have it nowhere. I have it good. You know, I don't have it yeah. bad. I have it good while uh, a lot of people where I live don't have it like that, you know? And, and it's kind absolutely. of, yeah. It, it's really, it's yeah, a mind check. It's a mind Angel. check, yeah. 
it's an absolute mind check. And I, you know, I also have someone that helps um, uh, t- not just take off my son after school, um, when school was happening. Now it's happening at home, so there's that. Right. Also comes to help clean. Um, and also I'm in the single mum, so, you know, it's I, I, there's that kind of stuff I really rely on, and that's not happening. And so the fallback on that is also, you know, my, my the lady that helps me, she can't come here. Um, and so she's she can't afford... She, like I don't know how she's getting on with like right. you know in terms of food. There's a lot of people struggling affording food because they can't work, right? right? And we don't, you know, Fiji's not a privileged enough country whereby there's the fallback. Like for example, in England and Australia and in New Zealand, when you decide to say to the economy, right, guys, stay at home for a month, um, we, they can afford to give people subsidies, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Fiji doesn't have that kind of right. economy to kind of do that, you know. Right, right. Um, and also our health system. You know, it's not it's not as robust as other countries. So things like, you know, your essentials, you've got education, you've got health. These are kind of key areas that, like, really get battered when a crisis like COVID can rip through a country. So, you know, going back to our point about mm-hmm. is Fiji, you know, it sounds like, you know, everyone's drinking cocktails. No, well, we do drink cocktails, <laughs> but it's, it, you know, well, not right now. Right, um, right, and, not, right. and not together. But there's, just, there's a lot that goes on... Um, that we that you don't see, like I said, right. you just don't see it. And and, yeah. that, and that's the perspective that I, I really want people to take away, not just from you what you're saying, right? Because you've you've lived abroad a Fiji eleven years, but when you live somewhere, like when you could like you you could go vacation somewhere and see poverty, and that might give you some yeah. perspective. But to live in a country where the you know where you can see it on a day to day basis. And it, but yeah. then you see yourself in a privileged status that you might not have been back in the United States or wherever you come from. It hits yeah. you very differently. Like, for example, I mean, with COVID, with the vaccinations, I'm waiting to get vaccinated, right? I have to go back to the U.S. to do so. Like, and so wow. even though I'm privileged, I'm not in a situation where I'm not privileged because I'm trying to get back to the States to get vaccinated yeah. because I can't, our group is not up yet while in the United States because of the fact that a superpower, their vaccine process is going a lot faster than here in Costa Rica, yeah. you know? So you yeah. kind of see both ends and you can be in both sides depending on the situation, right? Like you mentioned. Yeah. So it really is a mind check and, and you really got to, you, you kind of got to take things in stride a lot of times because it's easy to uh, try to, you know, maybe. I got to get out of here or, oh, my God, I love it, you know, so it, it's interesting. But, yeah, so now, so let's let's go back a little bit, right? You're Fiji, you know, what what would you say, because you, you've, been, you've been there 11 years. So what would you say yeah. has been the biggest adjustment for you from, like, year one to, let's say, year five? Wow, okay. Uh, well, getting married was, that was quite an adjustment. <laughs> okay, so you married him. Getting married, um, having our son here, Isaiah, who's now eight. Mm-hmm. So my son got married here. We got married here too. And then also within that five years, we moved from Fiji to Samoa. Um, for my 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 husband got my late husband got a job with the UN. So we moved there. I think that would have been in my third year. I don't know, again, like time lapses, mm-hmm. they're just a bit kind of warped. So we moved from Fiji to Samoa. Yeah, that would have been in like maybe our third or fifth year or something, I can't remember. Um, and so those were, there were some big adjustments, right? So you've got wow. marriage, so you got marriage, birth, and then move and move countries. So those, those are quite big adjustments. Right, right. And all the while sort of like adjusting to living in Fiji and also myself working and my late husband working too. Right, Full right. Time. So obviously, yeah. you just mentioned your late husband. I'm sorry, but I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how how did he pass? 
Yeah, so that's all part and parcel of this sort of package story. And um, there's obviously some fun stuff that's going to come um, right. come out of this. Um, yeah, so sadly, about four years ago, my late husband had a heart attack here in Fiji uh, um, just before Christmas. That. Yeah, oh, you're, it's 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 life. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was that was possibly one of the biggest adjustments, actually. Well, it would be. Right, right. <laughs> so right. it's sort of adjusting to having kind of arrived as as you know as a couple, um, and then getting married, uh, having Isaiah here, moving countries, and then sort of coming back here and and Tim sort of passing away. So right. it's been quite an adjustment in the last four years. Uh, we decided to stay. I say we. I mean me. <laughs> uh, and so and so here we are so it's just Isaiah and I now mm. um, and we are good right, we're good right. I mean obviously grief grief sucks it's it's an right. absolute MF um, right, but right. you you know day by day and I just think at the moment like I look back and obviously it's, I mean, it's such an intense emotion um, but I feel we're all sort of grieving at the moment mm. this last year has brought so much grief where be it that you've sort of lost someone, a loved one, right. or you know someone has lost someone, or you've just, we're all grieving a life that we all had that's just no longer. Right, right. No, so, I, I think you make a lot of, yeah. I mean, I mean, just based on what you just said, right, like you mentioned when you're one to year five and now you're talking about, right, the last four years, you've been tested in a lot of ways, right, in, yeah, in so many yeah. different life, like, Talking about life-changing experiences that you've had. So what do you yeah. take away from, like, these past 11 years of, like, life literally saying, Sarah, I'm going to put you this on your plate. Then I'm going to put this on your plate. What do you take from that, yeah. from, all, from, from all that? Well, firstly, um, the universe can just basically give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. True. But the universe can basically just um, just stop spraying um, all that, and it has. It's been it's been. I mean, I'm, as much as it's been horrendous, there's been some really nice things to come out of it. And I I've grown. I've, I'm a completely different person. The person I was when I arrived with my UGG boots um, from London and arrived into uh, <laughs> Nandy Airport in the middle of a cyclone to now sort of lying here chatting to you. The sun's out. My son's healthy we are living during a pandemic right. but i i have grown a lot i've learned a lot um i've learned that you just gotta grab life by its horns huh you've mm. got to just take every single second not for granted um take up any amazing opportunities if there's anything that you're doing in your life that gives you no joy ditch it as you as you're listening to what i'm saying right now ditch it if there's something that's not making you happy i'd say just get rid of it be it a person be it a thing be it a job i at the beginning of the uh, of the covid last year i was i was working for this uh for this aid organization i've mentioned before defat mm -hmm. i was not unhappy i was so unhappy um and so i was just sort of like decided no i don't i don't need this i mean i didn't know where if there was another job going to come from anywhere i right. just thought no so i quit it and I just basically started doing what I've always loved doing, which is reading books. Um, and I, I'd already sort of set up this this blog, this, this Instagram page when Tim died as a way of just basically kind of escaping the, the outside world because the outside world was really horrible and dark. Mm. So I basically started reading and blogging about the books that I, I was always doing. And so I basically picked it up when I quit this job. And then I soon, I soon started getting like lots of likes and people following me. And it's not about the following. It's been more about what I enjoy. Right. But it's since grown really amazing. And it's it's become like my full-time thing, which I love. And there's other things that have kind of grown from like book projects that I'm doing. I yeah. run a book swap. 
Um, I do, you know, there's a monthly podcast that I run with a friend called Ben. We talk, I talk about books, he talks about films. And so, awesome. again, like, so you talk back to your story about what I've taken. I just think, do you know what? You really actually don't know what's around the corner. I mean, Tim was mm-hmm. almost 40 when he died. Um, and he, I mean, he fit in, he fitted in so much into his like 38 years of living. But I just swear, like, if you know, if I, if someone was to say to me, yes, no, Sarah, today's your last day, God, I would, I would, there was so much I'd want to do. And so I, I say fit, just do it. Life is just so short, guys. And this pandemic should have been an amazing exercise for us all to sit still. I know everyone doesn't like sitting still. Right, right. Um, and in our homes. <laughs> but you know what? Use this opportunity to really kind of dig deep and think about what it is you want to do with your life. And yeah. do it. Nothing's impossible. Like, I really... If someone had told me a year ago, so you're going to quit your job. Well, actually, do you know what? Four years ago, Sarah, you're gonna you're gonna lose your brother. My brother passed like wow. months before Tim did. You're gonna lose your brother. You're gonna lose your hu- lose your husband. But you know what? Then the world's gonna kind of the universe is gonna come back really well. It's gonna basically get you being paid to read and wow. review and interview all these amazing authors and then to have a podcast and have his book swap. Like I would be like what? Um, and here I am, you know. Right, and right, right. What, what, do I know what it's gonna happen in a year's time? I don't know. Do I know where we're gonna be in a year's time? I don't know. Right. I'm literally doing it day to day. And you know what? I've never been happier. Right, right. No, I mean, Sarah, I mean, I just just by your energy that I'm hearing from you. And I think the reason why you mentioned all these things, you know, being successful as far as, you know, your book swap, your podcast is because you've experienced life, right? I mean, it's something to say yeah. when if someone listens to my, you know, people that listen to my when I do solo episodes, they get something from my experience. But when you have someone that's lived, you know, life longer and has experienced things because of the time they've been on earth, right? There's more to take out of that. Yeah. So like I'm learning from you as you're talking. You mentioned this thing about being still um, during this pandemic. And I think, you know, I, I agree with you. It should have been an exercise because this is why I like this podcast, because I can have these real conversations with people that I have never met a day in my life, but we can connect yeah. on a sort of level of this whole thing about living abroad and going through experiences, yeah. whether tough, whether beautiful. And already, just based on talking to you, we have a lot of things in common as far as big cities, right? Yeah. Moving abroad, right? Absolutely. Oh, beautiful countries, things like that. So um, it, yeah. it's it's such a, I think that's the beautiful thing about conversation, right? And being still and being able to listen to somebody's yeah. story and listening to your story is one, it fills me with like, wow, this person is such a strong individual versus wow, this person lives in Fiji versus wow, like this person is doing, she's gone through a lot of crazy shit in her life and yet you're here. Like you said, you're here right yeah. now. So I think that there's yeah. a lot of beauty in that in, in that in life, right? And that experience. But um, let, let's keep it moving because I think we can we can go again. These different tangents you go on, we go on for hours and hours. <laughs> so I yeah, and but, I, I yeah. and I am I am tangent person. I can literally <laughs> talk for hours. I can ramble on. And it's great like, though. Bum, it's bum, fantastic. Bum, bum, bum. I know it's great. We yeah. have it. That's that's why I told you. Anyone listening, if people yeah. want to be on my podcast, I tell them I don't have a script. You're the person that's yeah. that's in that's in the driver's seat is the interviewee. You you drive yeah. the conversation. I think that's what makes for a very authentic conversation. And um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just here to listen. Basically, I'm a fly on the wall. But <laughs> all right, let, yeah. let's let's keep it moving. So, all right. So you you've been in Fiji eleven years. What are some of the things about Fiji that you feel that you haven't seen elsewhere? And is like this is this is uh symbolizes Fiji. This is a part of Fiji. What would you say those things are? Oh well, I mean, you know. So if anyone's 
been to Fiji, you're going to get, you're going to understand what I'm about to say. And if you haven't been to Fiji, um, when you eventually do, which I hope you do at some point, once things could have like normalized, you, you, you arrive off. So, you, so I'm just going to give you, I'm going to walk you through this. So you get off the plane and what hits you first is this warm, beautiful air. And you're like, whoo, the skin's suddenly <laughs> like, you know, you've been in this air-conditioned sort of boxed unit for how many hours? Lots of hours, because it, it takes a long time to get to Fiji. Mm-hmm. Um, from Costa Rica, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess Australia, New Zealand, not so. But uh, England, 24 hours, and there's been multiple changes. And you get off this plane, and there's this warm, beautiful air that greets you. And then you're walking through to arrivals. And then you've got these men on their ukuleles smiling smiling, playing away the ukuleles, and then at the end of this song, they go, Mula! And I'm telling you, like, you may have had the shittest food on this plane, you may be feeling sick, you may not have slept. This kind of initial kind of warm, beautiful injection of Mula is like your first taste of Fiji. Like, there is no other place I've been on this planet, and probably won't be on this planet, where people are as friendly as the Fijians. They are mm. possibly the most friendliest human beings on this planet they they smile through anything like even with like you know when these cyclones have hit and things and they just they're just so smiley and so kind um i don't know if it's to do with the religion they're in a deeply religious here um the humbleness the fact that i just don't know it's just you know when people ask me god like after every you know in tim pass like I went home to London for a month and I thought everyone was like, okay, well, you're going you're gonna to come back home, Sarah. This has been really bad. You're coming back right. home. And I was like, no, we're not. We're <laughs> actually going back to Fiji because everyone helps you here. Everyone's so friendly and it's just such an amazing community feel. And I, you know, I, I, I don't see us being here forever by mm. any border motive. But I, I will never, ever, ever forget the warmth and the kindness that Fiji and the, the, the Vanua and the people have shown us. It's just electrifying, magnetic. And I tell you, people, I mean, I've sat there on the beach when, you know, when people arrive, um, you know, on, on, on the boats and, you know, the Fijians greet them with their beautiful sing song. And when they leave... They, they, they say farewell with their Isolay sing song. And I'm telling you, there's not a dry eye on that beach. Everyone is crying because <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? This is so sad. We never want to leave Fiji. I tell you, and that's why everyone keeps coming back, especially mm. the Australians and New Zealanders. They always, they've just got these returnees coming back. They're like, nah, Fiji, they just are the most friendliest. And so you're never going to get that. And no. what else? You're never going to get... Um, the beach, I mean, yeah, okay, to make, I can't say much, but I mean, like, the beaches here are beautiful, but I have seen better, um, <laughs> and, I mean, what are the beaches like in Costa Rica? I mean, they're, they're very nice, they're very nice, I can't complain, <laughs> they're yeah. not, but they're not like this, like, crystal clear, like, there's some parts that are crystal clear blue water, it's not like that, yeah. it's more, I would say, the oh. scenery of, like, you feel like you're in an yeah. untouched place whenever you go to certain beaches yeah. in Costa Rica, which has its own kind of ambiance and feeling to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I live, I've got, I've got, I've got ocean, like, so I've got my cottage, I've got garden, and then you've got a little road, then it's like another house, my friend's house, and then there's beach, but it's, it's brown. I mean, you would, you would not swim there at yeah. all. Um, but you've got like places here in, in Fiji, like, you know, Rotuma, which is far, far north, uh, which is untouched. Those beaches are incredible. And then you've got the Lao group, which is like Fano Valavu, Southern Lao group, which is like, 
See, these are places that people are very, just very untouched, very protected for a reason. Mm. Um, and it's very hard to get to these places for a reason. And what's the language? So what's the be. language of Fiji? What do they speak in Fiji? So you have Fijian. Okay. So like, yeah, you've got Fijian, um, English, and then you've got Hindi. So ah. in the 1800s, um, you had the Indians that were brought over to Fiji to work on the sugar plantations. Um, and so some... A lot of them stayed, obviously, and some left, but a lot of them stayed. And so you have uh, a mix of Fijians, like native Fijians, mm. and the Yoto case, and then you've got the Indo-Fijians. Oh. So then you've got like the mix of language. And then you've also got um, quite a, a growing size of a Chinese population here, too. Okay. That's a nice yeah. mix. No, that's, a, that's a nice mix. And, of course, like, again, you Fiji is so far away. It's as li- yeah. What's the population of Fiji? It's just under a million. Wow. That's pretty yeah. tiny. And I thought Costa Rica is tiny. Costa Rica yeah. is like 5 million people. I think it's like super tiny. A million people. How many people? 5 million. 5 million. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Fiji's tiny, huh? Wow, yeah. Yeah, Fiji's <laughs> tiny. <laughs> Yeah. All right, all right, um, all right. So now let's get into. You mentioned this this uh, this book review thing that that you do, and also that you read book. I did. I did on your page, and it's called Sarah Reads Next, right? That's what it's called. Your Instagram. No, it's what what Sarah. Sorry. What Sarah Reads Next. What That's Sarah okay. Reads Next, and you guys need to follow it. It's really cool. She has a, a good following there. So how did this come to be? Given your background, why why books? Why did you come to review books, and why the people follow you for that? Yeah, well, because I, I've always loved reading. Like, I started reading quite early on. Um, I was really inquisitive. I remember, like, my father would be just reading the newspaper, and he was he was he was he was a big reader too. And I was just really inquisitive to know what he was reading. And so he'd either read to me, or I or he'd just like chuck me a book. Um, and I would I would I would just teach myself. And I I would I basically walk around the house with a dictionary, like a mini dictionary. And if there were words I couldn't come across, I remember like quite yeah, like early memory. Maybe five, sorry. I think I just burped into the microphone. I'm so sorry. Um, maybe like five. And um, I would be walking around with a dictionary and a book. And if there was a word I could come across, which would be at that age a lot, I would basically just teach myself these words. And so I was I was reading really, really early. Mm. Um, so I've always loved reading. Um, there's a famous story of me basically falling out of my bunk bed one night because mum had told me to go to bed. And I refused. Well, I, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I, I leant across to turn the light off and I, I fell out of the bunk bed and basically <laughs> jammed my front two teeth into my, oh into my, my mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so the next day we had this family function and I was basically in bed with the biggest swollen lips you could possibly imagine. Um, I think, do you know, like, that movie is it, um, with, um, with Will Smith, is it Hitch or something? Hitch, Hitch, And yeah. there's that scene. Yeah, he, that's, there's that scene where he's basically eating something. He's had this massive... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. His <laughs> lips have just blown up. That was me. Um, so, yeah, books, books have always been my love. And when I quit my job... Well, actually, when Tim died, when the late Tim died, I... I just basically read. That was the only thing that I was I was able to do, mm. uh, and and sleep. Weirdly, some people can't sleep when they're grieving, um, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But I read. I just read so much. Angel. I just. It was my. It's, again, it's always been my escapism. When mm. things are just not okay out there, I I read. I just get lost in these amazing words. Like you could, you know, one. What I mean, when I come across people that say, "Oh, I just don't really like reading." 
And my son ties up with me sometimes. I'm like, God, you really have no idea what you're missing. I just don't <laughs> understand it. Um, I Because you can just get lost in these amazing worlds. One minute you're in Nigeria, next minute you're in the States. Mm. Another minute you're in Palestine. And you're and these just these amazing characters that just come to form, and I I I I just love it. And so when I quit my job, well, Tim died. I set up this blog, this this page. And I don't know if I even called it one Sarah Rednecks. Maybe I did. Again, I can't remember. But I, I I started it up. I didn't really do much with it. I just read, and and would just talk about it. And when I quit my job, I I, I just basically dedicated lots more time to it and it's just kind of grown exponentially i had the um i had oprah winfrey's book club uh contact me actually last oh, year wow. yeah this is yeah i'm gonna brag this yeah is, this brag. Is my brag please do i'm gonna brag away <laughs> um they contacted me and because i think i'd i'd left a i'd left a comment maybe on her page about this new book i just read called the vanishing half by Britt burnett which i was just it just blew my mind and so then they contacted me, Angel, and they were like, well, actually, can you kind of qu- quote why, what what made this book so amazing? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then and then they came back to me like, would you mind if we sort of showcased your comment wow. um, and on, on our page? And I was like, of course. Yes. <laughs> what? Amazing. So that, that's big begging rights. And then I've also been able to, I set up, I started interviewing authors. So not only was I basically reviewing their books, but I, I started interviewing them. So I sort of pick key authors. So I had... That is um, amazing. Hold winner. on. That, that is really... Yeah. So you read people's books and you've gotten to interview them after you read their books? Yeah, well, it depends which books. I mean, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite picky. Right, but, but still, that's so amazing. Yeah. You get to pick the author's yeah. brain. That's amazing I know. shit. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I know. That's pretty fucking amazing. So yeah, this is me more bragging. And so this year I got to... This is more bragging coming along. Um... <laughs> I'll stop bragging after this, maybe. Um, Douglas Stewart, who's the Booker Prize winner of last year with his amazing book, Shaggy Bane. Um, I, 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 I recently interviewed him. I also interviewed Robert Jones of The Prophets. Incredible. Um, recently, oh, actually, you talk about expat life, and this is probably right. where you found my page. Um, Nadia Owusu, who's an amazing... She's an award-winning author who's just written her memoir called Aftershocks, and it's about her time living in all various countries. Her father, oh. her father works for the UN. Yeah, and that's probably where you found my page because I, I, I hashtagged expat life. That's mm. definitely where. So she, she's written this memoir about you know living as an expat child. Uh, she was born in Tanzania. Her father was half. Ghanaian and her mum was Armenian so I'm interviewing her on Friday and I cannot wait that wow, is, wow. Um, that's amazing she was just um, Malala just interviewed her whoa wait no, wait wait, wait. No stop, stop 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 did, did yeah. you, you said you interviewed Malala is that what you just said no Malala interviewed Nadia oh I'm, I'm like wait what <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I am. Yeah, but I. I mean, one day I'm gonna. Malala's gonna yeah, obviously, you're gonna do that. Of course. I mean, that's well, coming I, next. It's either I interview. It's either I interview her or she interviews me. Right, when right. I, when I write, when I finish writing my book. Awesome. And what is your book gonna be about? I have no idea. That's great. I mean, this is. I mean, this is a great. Like, I. I like reading. I definitely probably, I definitely yeah. don't read nowhere near as much as you do, but I love the fact yeah. that you, the, the pleasure you get in reading, and then the fact that you get to interview the authors of the books that you enjoy. I know. That I is know. Re- talk about 
using something that's pleasurable and making something yeah. even putting it on another level. You know what I mean? Because my thing with this podcasting is that I like talking to people. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. That is angel to the T. Yeah. But yeah. I and this I is that. a platform that allows me to talk to others, you know, and have these yeah. conversations. So it's like elevating oneself in a kind of way through a platform. So um, I think what you're doing is, is just is just awesome. Um, I could talk to you forever, Sarah, but unfortunately we're running, we're running out of time. But all right, that's okay. So, so this is this will be the. I have, I have so many questions for you. All right, but this, all right, this is gonna be the last part of the segment. So this is lightning round questions. So first thing that comes to your mind, just give me your your first response. Oh, is this gonna be like the popcorn style question stuff? Uh, yeah, what do you mean? Style. Yeah, I guess I guess it's Fair. called yeah, I guess it's called popcorn style. Well, yeah, exactly. Fire, like quick fire kind of question. Exactly, exactly, like, exactly right. I'm gonna ask you to. All right, to okay. Well, let myself let me get comfortable because <laughs> like, it's yeah, I've, I've done this before, <laughs> so I'm gonna sort of sit in a situation where I can kind of like think really quickly, and give you my best answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, favorite. <laughs> Mind you, I also think of these on the spot, so I'm also like popcorning my ideas as we're doing this. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't have right. them like written down or anything. All right, favorite okay. uh, Fijian phrase? Is that what you, Fijian phrase? Oh, I got you there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you really did. My favorite Fijian phrase. Um... Bula. Bula. Um, and what does bula mean? Bula. bula. Hello, hello. Bula, oh, that's fun, Bula. Yeah, I, was trying, I, was, I was trying to think of something really clever, but no, you got me. Bula <laughs> is my favorite Fijian font. <laughs> All right, favorite favorite Fijian dish? Coconda. Coconda, what's so, that? Think ceviche, think like ceviche. Ooh, delicious. Yeah, yeah, there <laughs> you go. All right, I'm awesome. warming up, I'm warming You're warming up, up. You're, you're getting I'm good. Up. Least yeah. favorite thing about Fiji? The pollution and the potholes. The potholes in the roads. There you go. And the way that people throw rubbish into the ocean. Like, they actually legit throw their rubbish into the ocean. Oh, that, cool. well, that's pretty sad. Um, okay. <laughs> what yeah. is your... What is your... What is the most underrated thing about Fiji? The hiking that can take place here. There are some amazing hikes that you can do for a company called Talanoa Treks. Um, and my friend Marita runs it, so she's going to love that I've just um, mentioned that, giving them a tag. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, people talk about the beaches here, but there is a lot of untouched hiking space that can just it needs to be discovered. So once the borders are open, if you're thinking about coming to Fiji and beaches aren't your thing, think about trekking. Mm, all right, all right. And final, final question. This is this is not a, this is this is an extended answer. Sixty minutes on the clock. Not really. It's just time Woo! is yours. Um, you've you've been abroad eleven years in Fiji, and you you've experienced a lot of things. And I, I know a lot of people are going to take a lot of things away from all the things you've said and your life experiences. What would you say to someone that has gone through, as in most people in life, right? Beautiful things, tough things, horrible things. The most you know, experiencing ecstasy. You know, not the drug ecstasy. Right, I was going to say, my mom might be listening to this. (laughs) Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. (laughs) They don't work. What What would you say to like encapsulate your your experience in this eleven years to be like, hey guys, this is Sarah's story. What would you say as like a nice bow on it? This is Sarah's story. I would not change any of it. 
for anything. Um, there's been some really hard shit that went down um, and it's awful, but I'm living my best life right now. I'm so happy and I, and it's, freaking just live it, just live it. you enjoyed that episode with sarah i most definitely did i just love that she just, just live it just live it i mean what else can you do right besides just live it and then live an awesome experience like she is currently living um i could have spoke to sarah for hours just has a lot of insight energy and she's obviously and she's dealt with a lot right she spoke about very openly which i very much appreciate about her her husband's pa- unfortunate passing and how she's dealt with that, right? I, I think it's important to, to note that while we're living abroad, the bad bad things don't just stop happening because we're living in beautiful places, right? Unfortunately, there are things that are completely out of our, our control, whether where we're located or elsewhere, right? Maybe back home. So it's, I think it's important to shed light on, on the unfortunate things that will always happen no matter where you're located around the world and how, and how you deal with them. And I think Sarah is a great example. She used her, her pleasure, which is reading books, and made that into something even greater than, than it already was, right? She just enjoys reading books, but guess she took it to another level. And she made it into the successful blog and podcast that she currently has, which is amazing. Like, imagine reading books and then interviewing those set, those authors of the books. I mean, that's pretty dope. <laughs> that really is some amazing stuff. It really is. And I just, I'm so appreciative that she came on the podcast and was so open about her experiences. And hopefully, I definitely did. Hopefully, you got something out of that. But yeah. Um... Next week, um, I think I should stop saying that. I say that every week now. I don't know how I'm going to have on, but I feel like I, you guys deserve to know full transparency, right? Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm going to have on, or I might do something a little different where I might, again, don't hold me to this, but I might do an Instagram live where I um, talk to my first ever guest on a Living Color Abroad, who is Ikuma. I know Ikuma is listening to this right now, so Ikuma, feel the pressure. We got to make it happen. We're going to do an IG live talking about Germany, part two, part de. Um, I don't know the German word for two and yeah, but you get what I'm saying. So that might be happening or I might just drop another episode on you. You never know. But as always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. It means a lot to me. I don't just say it to say it. It really helps a lot. Um, follow me on Spotify and any of your favorite stream platforms. See you next week, beautiful people. This is In Living Color. Abroad. Peace.